You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to dogband.com radio. This is Scott Eklund, and today I am joined by a by a very special guest, uh, two four seven Midwest recruiting analyst Alan True. He's going to join me today. Alan, how are you doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how's uh, how's the weather up there? And uh, are are you based out of Michigan? You're based out of Michigan, right? Yeah, I'm in Michigan. Uh, the summers are hot here, so yeah. and they're really humid. <laughs> I actually just did a. Uh, our anniversary vacation with me and my wife we went out west and oh. uh, it was way hotter out there but not as muggy not as humid yeah yeah, yeah. where'd you go we where'd went to go? vegas and then we drove into utah and did uh zion national park stayed yeah, in Saint vegas, George. vegas and utah in uh, in july are not the or late june are not the uh coolest places in the world no so. but we're early risers and still on east coast time so we got a lot of our outdoor activities out of the way in the morning and uh, like i said i found it to be actually not as bad as i thought because it's people kept saying dry heat here and i didn't it didn't really dawn on me until i got there what exactly that meant yeah. so it's different but yeah we, we we enjoy our few months of um warm weather here in michigan before it <laughs> It gets to fall, and you never know. It could start snowing in September, for all we know. Oh my goodness! All right. Well, um, and and Alan, um, you know, for for those who don't know about the recruiting calendar, this is kind of the lull before the the storm, really. Um, you know, because once the season hits, then we're talking about unofficial visits for the underclassmen and official visits for the upperclassmen, and and all that stuff that happens. But but over the next couple weeks, there's a dead period, and then there's what is it an open like five days or something like that where they can bring in official visitors one more time or or host camps and have kids on campus right at the end yeah of the month? i don't i don't think that they can do officials during oh, okay time, but they can do unofficials a lot of schools okay. do like a barbecue or a luau or something and they can, yeah. they can do camps during that time also yeah and then during august which i still haven't figured it out maybe you can school me on why they do this but in in august no kids are allowed on any campuses. I'm assuming that's just to not interfere with them getting ready for their football season in high school. Yeah, I think it's and, and then the, the colleges are obviously starting practice at that time, too. Yeah, so but I, wouldn't you want kids on campus to see you practice? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I think it probably it does have to do with the high school calendar and kids yeah. are doing two a days and all that stuff. And so you got to give them some a chance to focus on that. Yeah, but then uh, starting in early September, kids can be back on campus for unofficials, officials and coaches will get out on the road and actually go scout some kids, too. So that's when things really kick off. So Alan and his wife got got into it got in their uh, their vacation and and we're we're kind of just going through things and recalibrating uh, after all the commits that Washington got out here over and we're going to talk about some of those commits because a couple of them uh, came from the Midwest and um, there's also some guys that Washington is looking at from the Midwest so I have a feeling with this coaching staff we're going to be talking a lot more to Alan True 
and asking him to come over and tell us a little bit about some of these guys that Washington is recruiting. So that's why we wanted to bring him on today. But Alan, you know, the first thing I wanted I wanted to talk about was I re- referenced the coaching staff, Jamarcus Shepard, Nick Sheridan. They both came from Midwest schools. They came from Big Ten schools. Uh, Jamarcus Shepard from Purdue and Nick Sheridan from Indiana. Coach DeBoer has a history at Indiana. I think he was there, what, two years as their OC, um, whatever it was. And uh, Washington also has their likely starting quarterback. I guess we don't won't know until midway through camp um, that he'll though. So, Alan, just tell me a little bit about the reputation of those guys um, that you knew on the recruiting trail from all the guys that you do cover. Yeah, so, you know, Kalen DeBoer, even going back to Eastern Michigan, was – somebody whose name that I had heard, and he sort of moved up the chain from there, but did, did a really, really good job at Eastern Michigan, which was considered a really, really tough place to win and tough place to recruit at. And um, he was part of the staff that it's really helped them turn things around to where they've gotten into a couple of bowl games, um, finished, you know, above 500 a couple of times. And just that in my lifetime living in Michigan, that has just not happened very often. So he was part of that uh, movement. Jamarcus Shepard did an outstanding job at Purdue pretty much right away. If you look at Purdue's receiving core and some of the guys that they landed as soon as Jeff Brom took over and Jamarcus was on that staff to be able to get Rondale Moore and get David Bell and uh, get Milton Wright and some of the other top receivers um, that they were able to not only recruit but then develop, uh, that is also something that hasn't happened a ton at Purdue. They were not recruiting well when that staff took over and all of a sudden they started landing these four and five star guys. And really those wide receivers were a big part of that. Rondell Moore was kind of the face of those first couple of years at Purdue when they started to turn things back around. And so he, he did a really, really outstanding job there. And then Nick Sheridan familiar with him really even going back to his time playing quarterback at Michigan and his, his dad was coaching in the NFL at the time, actually coached at my alma mater, Grand Valley State University. So I've, I've known about the family and they're a coaching family. And uh, Nick has always been known as a, a football mind, even going back to high school. And when he was at Michigan, he was always uh, somebody who they said he is going to be a coach one day. So sharp football guy, um, works hard on the recruiting trail, has good relationships out here in the Midwest. And so really, I think between them and some of the relationships that Courtney Morgan had built in his short time at Michigan, I think that there's a a perfect storm there for why you're talking to me right now and and why this staff is having some success in the Midwest. Uh, You know, Alan, since we're kind of, especially the Washington fan base, they're kind of focused on areas out West that are hotspots, LA, uh, the Bay Area, Seattle, obviously, Utah, Nevada, Arizona. We know a lot of the hotspots where some of the best prospects come from, but out in the Midwest, we just, we don't know very much about where the hotspots come from. I know there's a big time guy coming out of Detroit, going to make a decision tomorrow. And unfortunately it's looking more and more like it's going to go to Washington's arch. He's going to go to Washington's arch rival, Dante Moore, number what, what is he? Number four quarterback in the country. Um, by 247 and uh, predicted 100% to go to Oregon uh, on the crystal balls. But, um, you know, can you give us maybe two or three, maybe even four or five hot spots out there that that fans can kind of expect Washington to be at least looking at prospects coming out of? Yeah, so hot spots within the Midwest. You have obviously the big cities of Detroit and Chicago, 
uh, are going to produce a lot of talent. Indianapolis is actually a, a kind of a hotbed. There is really good high school football. There's a big conference there that produces a lot of really good football players, and they play just outstanding high school football. Um, and then you get some of these other pockets. Like St. Louis is another one. I think the amount that that city's been getting recruited and the amount of talent that they turn out. Ezekiel Elliott kind of started that off. I think his class was started sort of kicked off schools coming into St. Louis more, and you've seen a lot more um, players come out of there. And then you have, uh, like I said, some of these other pockets. Iowa's produced two straight um, five-star recruits. They, they are producing a lot more. Um, Minneapolis doesn't have tons of volume, but they're always the top of the board, and Minneapolis always seems to be, you know, a couple of national and recruits. But I would still say when you first come to the Midwest and you talk about recruiting, um, you're really looking at Cincinnati, Dayton. You're looking at Cleveland. You're looking at Detroit, Chicago, Indianapolis, and St. Okay. Louis. All right. And uh, like out, out here, the Seattle schools um, are not necessarily the best schools. I mean, O'Day, we have O'Day, which is one of the top programs in the state. They are a private school, though. Um, you got Eastside Catholic. That's back, actually more in the on the east side of the of the of the water and of the lake, and and they're they're a really good program as well. But a lot of them, a lot of the best players come out of the suburbs of Seattle, not necessarily Seattle, the city. Is is that kind of where things are? Where the money is is more in the suburbs of those bigger cities? Yeah, a little bit. It's it's hit and miss. I would say, like Dante Moore there's a rarity in that he is a Detroit public school quarterback who's being recruited at this level. That doesn't happen a ton, but the inner city schools in Detroit and Chicago still produce quite a bit of talent. Um, okay. Detroit King, which is where more is. He's from. at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Detroit cast tech. Um, they produce a lot of talent and they're, they're public city league schools. But then if you go into the suburbs of Detroit, then, the, I, I still think that, like like you said, there's a ton of talent in those schools, and sometimes those are kids who are coming from the city and going to um, some of those schools. And it's the same way in Chicago, where the public league schools do produce talent, but there's a there's also a lot of talent in the Catholic leagues and the suburbs. So it kind of depends on on the place in the city. St. Louis, which I talked about, I think the city schools there still are really the main hub for talent when you look at even going in over the river to East St. Louis and places like that. It's still public school kids there for the most part. And Alan, I, I forgot to ask you at the beginning, I wanted to kind of give people an idea of who you are and where you came from. How long have you been doing this uh, for 247? How long have you been scouting uh, high school prospects and and what led you into that? You went to Grand Valley State, you said, so kind of tell, tell, tell everybody about, give, give us like a one minute or, or the uh, elevator scoop on Alan uh, True. <laughs> yeah, I started an NFL draft website when I was in eighth grade, if you can believe that. And wow. We got credentialed to go to the combine when I was like 15. And so I, um, from there, met some people with Scout and started off at Scout. This was probably my freshman year of college was my first year with Scout. So I did the job kind of all the way through college. Um, was lucky enough to go to a really good football school. The year that I got to Grand Valley was the year after they won the national title with Brian Kelly. Um, and so we were kind of on a, on a hot streak there and I got to know the next staff there and they helped me kind of get going as far as knowing what to look for in recruits. I was in college planning out my classes so that I would be free enough on Friday to go drive to high school games. And so did that and have, uh, been in this, you know, ever since. So it's been since 2004. So this has been in your blood basically from the beginning. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, really, as even as a kid, I think my mom still has mock drafts that I was writing out when I was in first or second grade. So I've always <laughs> been always been into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I started off doing uh, the NFL draft. Now, I'm a lot older than you, uh, but I, I started off doing the NFL draft. Uh, Kurt Warner, Eric Dickerson, John Elway, that that 1983 draft class was the first. And that was when we had to wake up like at four in the morning on the West Coast to watch them do the draft back on the East Coast. So, um, yeah, I, I've been doing that ever since I was about 12, 13. So I, I totally feel you there. Hey, we're going to probably there with you. I used to make my parents have to like, I don't know what other 12 year olds ask their parents to buy them for their birthdays and Christmas. I wanted the Joel Buxbaum draft <laughs> report. <laughs> I didn't know. They didn't have, to, didn't didn't have the newsstand draft guides back then. Yeah, you know, they don't. It didn't exist. Yeah. Did you ever do Kuiper? Did you ever get his big blue book? Yep, yep, we got yep. the big. I still have one of them somewhere in this space. Yeah, I, I've actually got all of mine in a in a box. I'm like, why am I even keeping these things? <laughs> yeah, but hey, uh, we're gonna get a break, and when we come back, we're gonna hit Allen up on some some of the recruits that Washington has gotten out of the Midwest, but also some of the guys who we think could wind up Huskies here over the next couple weeks, maybe a couple months. Uh, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on dogman.com radio. I'm Scott Eklund, sitting here with 247 Midwest recruiting analyst Alan True. And Alan, um, Washington has really done, and I think I sent a message to you that I think I'm going to be talking to you a little bit more. Uh, this over uh, while this staff is at least in place, or at least some of these assistants are in place. Um, I think I hit you up with that back in March. And um, it's proving to be true. You know, they're, they've really hit the Midwest pretty hard with uh, some of the guys they're looking at. They're going into Texas quite a bit, but we're here to talk about Midwest guys. And Alan, let's start with the 2022 guys that Washington got out of the Midwest. Two kids that really look the part, um, might not have the elite athleticism and the experience against big time competition as some of their uh, contemporaries, but um, Armand and uh, the, the Parker twins, basically. And uh, talk to us a little bit about their game. You said you went and saw them a couple times uh, this past fall. Tell us a little bit about those guys and what Washington's getting in them. Yeah, so prior to last year, they played their senior year at Dearborn Fortson, which is a big public high school in Dearborn. But prior to that, they were at a really small school, kind of an I think it was like an aviation academy or some sort of some sort of tech academy that was really small football. And, and so they were known about a little bit because they were big and they'd been to a couple camps, but it just wasn't a school that got them a lot of foot traffic. And so they transferred to Fortson and it was obviously a little bit late in the game. By that point, they're going into their senior year, but they played so well as seniors that when I saw them, I just kept thinking like with the size that these guys are, and they have some athletic ability and, and they can penetrate a little bit. They're not just big guys taking up space. Uh, I thought somebody would go on them. I thought it was going to be more 
of a Mac school or a G5 school around here. But it didn't. It wasn't like when Washington took them that I was shocked because it's hard to find big bodies. It's hard to find big bodies that can do what they do. And I think that they are still so raw. Um, like I said, last year was their first year at a big public school that I think there's a lot still left there that they can be molded. Um, and, so I, I like to take. When I've done my analysis of them, Armand looks like the guy who could play maybe as a three or a five, and Javon looks more like a like one or a zero. Is am I wrong on that? No, and they played they played them kind of like that at four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they they're they're twins, but they are of different body types and different play styles. And so I agree with you. I think I think you've got yourself a probably a true nose there. And then a guy who can probably move around a little bit, but um, but but probably ends up as yeah, I actually don't even know what kind of a system defensive system. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be running more of a three three four, um, like a true three four, not like a not like a two down lineman and and then two edge guys and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be more like three down lineman and uh, two edge guys and and a middle linebacker or two. Yeah, in that case, I think you got a perfect fit. I mean, they're probably yeah. going to – the two brothers will probably end up playing next to each other, one on the nose and then one as that defensive end in that system. So – and and my interpretation of things and what I've watched – tell me if I'm wrong. More than happy to be wrong. I'm wrong a lot, unfortunately, Alan. But um, I, I thought that Armand might be a little bit further along than Javon um, as, a, as a recruit. Yeah, I thought so. Um, and, and we thought that during the season. I think that, um, yeah, further along, not necessarily that one has, that Javon doesn't have the upside either. But that's, if you see, if you look at our rankings last year, Armand was a little bit ahead of Javon. And we and we thought the same thing was that he was a little bit further along. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the guy that they got committed out of the Midwest uh, that is in the 2023 class. And he's the quarterback. And Ryan uh, Grubb, the offensive coordinator for the University of Washington, had an off day during the spring during spring football. flew out to uh, flew out to um, South Dakota and made an offer to the guy that they ended up getting a quarterback in uh, Lincoln Kineholtz. And is it Kineholtz or Keenholtz? I think it's Kineholtz. Yeah, Kineholtz is what I thought it was. But um, Lincoln Kineholtz. He's about 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds, can run, can throw, uh, led his team to a state title. and um, now, But it is South Dakota, so not a lot of prospects are coming out of South Dakota. So talk to us if you have anything other than what we can see just on video of Lincoln Kineholds. Yeah, so, you know, unfortunately on this one, there's not a ton that's off video for us yeah. either because he hasn't been to it really I anything. Mean, he's not a guy who's done the elite 11 regionals or done a bunch of camps or anything like that where we can see him in person. Now it is South Dakota, but I do know that they play some good schools on their schedule. Um, they played against uh, a school that has uh, Jacob Knuth, who was committed to Minnesota um, and signed as their quarterback in the, in the 22 class. And so he's played some good teams, uh, has a really good athletic profile, you know, basketball player was a guy that even the very first pass through when we watched his film there was like a moment where we thought like, is this guy maybe athletic enough to play safety or another position? Mm, he, okay. he brought that, he brings that kind of athletic profile and you see it in his game. But then the more you watch him throw, you went, okay, this guy's, this guy's a quarterback. 
Um, and when you look at the Carson Wentz's and the Trey Lance's of the world, that part of the country will occasionally produce one of these quarterbacks. They maybe not tons of volume, but the top end guys who have come out of the Dakotas and Minnesota and kind of that that upper Midwest area, uh, they've had some good success. So I think you like the the things you know about this kid, the athleticism, the size, some of the intangibles and in being able to win state titles and, and play multiple sports. You know, the only missing piece in the eval f- for us was that we haven't seen him throw live, but the staffs who did seem to really like him and make him a priority after going to watch him throw. Yeah, definitely. And um, he kind of becomes one of the centerpieces of why the quarterback is a centerpiece for any team that gets a quarterback in the in their uh, in their class. So he's going to be a centerpiece. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he moves along. Let's move on to a couple guys that Washington is in on that they haven't gotten committed yet, but I know that they're heavily in the mix for. One is Alinius Davis, a defensive tackle prospect out of Moorhead, Minnesota, 6'3", 295 pounds. First of all, Alan, tell us a little bit that that you know about him, where things stand with him. He visited Washington uh, on that last weekend. He's one of the few guys I haven't been able to get a hold of yet, and he is a very talkative kid. I don't know if you've talked to him very much, but very talkative, isn't talking yet, so I think he's getting close to a decision. Uh, What's your read on Alinius Davis, where he ends up playing um, along a defensive line in college, and maybe where you think he ends up? Yeah, so first, this recruitment, like you said, it's getting a little bit harder to read. I have a crystal ball pick on Minnesota, and I am getting less and less confident in that by the day. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. And I, and I think that the reason for that confidence dwindling, Washington is part of that, and Iowa State is part of that. And I mm-hmm. think it's really a three-horse race right now, but I think those two schools have either pulled even with or possibly even surpassed the home state school at this point. And I really have my eye on Washington in this one. I think he, from everything that I've heard, really enjoyed the visit. I think that it's helped them make him and his family feel more comfortable with being further away from home. That was always the the hurdle, I thought, between because Washington and looking at the other schools, Minnesota and Iowa State. Now, the part of the state of Minnesota that he's from, you know, that is not necessarily like a, it's not diehard gophers. And they've had some kids at that school go elsewhere. And so I think Minnesota's done a good job recruiting him. But um, it's not like a slam dunk in state recruit for them. So okay. I would I I may end up changing my crystal ball here soon. I'm definitely going to lower the confidence, and I, I could see him ending up at Washington or Iowa State easily. Um, and and he said he wants to make a decision before his senior season, correct? Yeah, and I think he's okay. like you said the the kind of the lack of hearing from him. I think is is probably because he's going into decision mode. And trying to figure that out. I, it also wouldn't surprise me here in, in talking to some sources that I think are clued in on the recruitment. It sounds like he may be going back and forth on some things and possible has has uh, you know, changed his mind a couple of times during this thing. I think I think all of, all three of those schools have done a good job recruiting him and have made it hard on him. And yeah. uh, I think that's why at this point he's one of those guys where I think, you know, nothing would shock me. None of those three schools, if he picked any one of the three, it wouldn't be a, a terrible surprise for me at this point. I think he's yeah. so I think he's torn there as far as what he's going to play. You know, in Washington's yeah. system, I would I would think he's going to be that nose guy. OK. Um, and it's hard to find that body type. He's kind of got that that wide stout build. Um, 
but you know, a good athlete himself who has some background in other sports and I think can be a guy who, I mean, I think these days I grew up, you know, in my era and I'm a big Steelers fan where your nose guys were the Joel Steeds and the Casey mm-hmm. Hamptons and the guys who just sort of took up a couple blockers. I think now you're, you're looking for your nose guys to be a little bit more athletic while doing that also. And I think he, he fits that mold. Okay. Uh, one last guy that we want to talk about, because I know uh, I, I promised Alan I'd get him out of here in half an hour, and so we're going to stick to that, is uh, a uh, guy from Lincoln, Nebraska. And you would think that the University of Nebraska would be on him, but I don't believe they've even offered. Uh, Benny, is it Ngoye? That's how I've been saying okay. it. I've never gotten a confirmation as to how, how yeah. to... Yeah. When I talked to him, uh, he said, yeah, but then I've heard it pronounced other ways. So I was like, maybe, maybe I didn't say it right. I don't know. Benny Ngoye, uh, we're just, we're just going to go with that six, 180 pound wide receiver prospect from Lincoln, Nebraska, Lincoln high school, um, down to Washington and Iowa state. It sounds like, and Alan, you have a crystal ball pick in for Benny right now, um, uh, to the university of Washington. And, uh, also there's a couple other guys, the Huskers, uh, two, four, seven, uh, moderator uh, insider uh, did Michael Brunts uh, picked them and the Cyclone insider uh, also picked him to the University of Washington. I'm pretty close to doing that too. But tell me why you decided to put a a, a crystal ball in for the University of Washington. Yeah, I you know I had Iowa State in this one, and it's funny that two straight guys here. It's Iowa State and Washington. I mean, I think Iowa State's done a really really good job. Of yeah, Midwest. Also, so I was on Iowa State, and I and I think that um, by the way, Nebraska has offered him. They just offered late, and oh. I think by that point he wasn't as interested, right? I think if they mm-hmm. had offered earlier, it would be a different story. But he really likes the staff at Washington. When I talked to him, even in advance of the visit, the first names that he mentioned were Coach Grubb and Coach Shepard. And like I said, Coach Shepard has had a history of landing some of these receivers that you think going into the recruitment, he probably is behind in, or, or that's not a guy that he's likely to get, especially, you know, going back to Purdue. And so this is another one where I thought this kid's likely to stay in the Midwest, had also built a good relationship with Iowa State. They had long offered, but then the, the kid went out there on the visit. And I think that the combination of the visit, the style of offense, and his relationship with the coaches has me thinking now that this one's going to go Washington's way. We thought maybe this would wrap up uh, before yeah. the end of June, it hasn't. And so you wonder if it's kind of like a lineage where things are maybe going back and forth a little bit, but I still feel pretty good about my pick there and think that with him, it, it shouldn't be too long. I would think by the middle to end of this month, we'll hear something from Benny about where he's going. One, one thing, it seems like uh, Midwest kids are a little more um, willing to go out of Okay, when when you're recruiting kids from the south, it doesn't seem like any of those kids are going to go north or east or west for the most part. You know, maybe Texas kids go go up north or anything like that. But if you're recruiting kids out of Mississippi or Georgia or Florida, it's very hard to get them to consider leaving the southeast. But it seems like Midwest kids are a little more willing to look around and see what else is out there in the country somewhere. Am I reading that wrong? Yeah, you know, I, I guess I don't have a metric for what it's like in the other states because I'm so focused on the Midwest. But we do yeah. have a lot of kids that leave um, mm-hmm. and a lot of kids that at least go visit a bunch of other schools. And I think uh, part of that, too, is we have a couple of big, big hubs as well. Detroit, 
Chicago, Minneapolis, it's pretty easy to fly anywhere from those places. And mm-hmm. so that helps that. But then we've had some guys leave and do well. And I think the more that that happens, the more kids are likely to go look at some other places. I mean, we talk about Dante Moore going to Oregon. Oregon's come and recruit recruited guys from Detroit before. They've recruited um, guys from the Midwest before. And so, you know, him looking at Oregon isn't a huge surprise because of there's been precedent set there. So I think the more that guys have left the Midwest and had some success, the more that I think that other kids have kind of followed in that. And uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter, can you give them your Twitter handle? Yep, it's just my name. Made it easy, at Alan True, A-L-L-E-N-T-R-I-E-U. And that's one word, and uh, no hyphens or anything like that. Just just uh, get in there, follow him. He does a lot of reports on a lot of kids uh, that Washington is going to be in on. Alan, I have a feeling we are going to be talking to you a lot more. Thanks for coming on with us. I know Husky fans are pretty excited about some of these Midwest kids that are going to be coming in. Alan True from 247 Sports, thank you again. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. And that's going to wrap us up here on dogman.com. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll be back with another episode of dogman.com radio here in the very near future. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) 